but it's so good to see you. I'm excited that we are in a new year, and this is a year that is filled with potential and promise and blessings and opportunity. Uh, Last week, we brought the word that I feel like the Lord laid on our heart for the year, and that word is the word that will become our theme, and it is blessed, and I know I, I got that too. I really was conflicted inside and kind of struggled in my own feelings and in my prayers with the Lord because I've known for a whole year since last year at this time that would be the theme for this year. And I just kept saying to the Lord, but Lord, we use that word so commonly that I don't really think people know how important it is and what that actually means. And I felt like the Lord told me and said, that's why I'm giving you this assignment. It is because we are blessed. That is, this church is blessed. And that I want you to show them how blessed they actually are and teach them what that means. And he brought to mind that tremendous passage of scripture where in the sixth chapter of the book of Numbers, verse 27, God told the priest, he said, what I want you to do is bless the people of Israel every time that you greet them, you bless them. And he said, in doing that, what you're going to do is put my name on them and I will bless them. And what God was saying is that when you bless something, there is a spiritual transaction that occurs. There is an an impartation of who God is that takes place in that moment. And I'm excited about that because this is going to be an incredible year of blessing for us. And um, one of the things that that we're doing has already been mentioned as we're in 30 days of prayer and fasting. and, And you might want to give up TV for that period of time or you might want to quit social media for 30 days, any number of things you can do in addition to how you'll choose to miss meals or things you might give up. God honors every bit of that. But I'm really looking forward to February the 5th because what we're going to do is we're going to pray for folk and anoint everybody that needs prayer and needs a miracle and needs a breakthrough that wants to be anointed. And it's going to be amazing. Before I get into the word, I'm also excited about this coming Saturday morning, the men's prayer breakfast. Bring your friends. If you guys haven't registered, register. Uh, We have uh, former NFL great Mike Barber that's going to be with us. Tyler has spoken. Just walked by and saw you, Tyler. Tyler spoke at the last one. And uh, man, we've had some We've had some tremendous times. It's a great way to build community. I want to get into the word of God now. And I'm turning to Psalm 37, verse 23 and verse 24. I want you to notice this. You've probably read it many times. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I had to order something through Amazon the other day. And you know what they did? They delivered what I ordered. That's what life does. When God places an order, it comes through. And this is what the scripture says. Notice it. It's up on the screen. 
And he, capital H, delights in his way. That is, God delights in the way of the good man whose steps he has ordered. It makes God happy. Now, the result is you get happy too. And you will have a smile on your face. But when God lays out your steps, he just kind of chuckles to himself and he gets excited about it. And then the scripture says, though he, notice that's a little h, God's not going to fall. Though you and I may fall, we stumble, things happen. He shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his, capital H, hand. In other words, God's got you. And when you're walking out the steps he has laid out for your life, you might slip. You may have an accident. We're human. That's just the way life goes. But God doesn't let you stay there. Amen. He will pick you up again. And in Psalm 119, verse 25, the psalmist said this, my soul clings to the dust. In other words, he did fall. He slipped, he stumbled. I don't know if that was a mistake. I don't know if it was a trial. I don't know if it was an attack. Someone said something about him, a door slammed shut that he needed to have open. Whatever it was, it left him clinging to the dust. In other words, flat of his back. But he prayed this prayer, revive me according to your word, your word. I want what you spoke over me to come back. I want to speak this morning from this subject, blessed. It's in the script. It's in the script. Father, I ask you to speak a word Today that will resonate with every one of us, regardless of where we may be. And I'm asking you to use this word to achieve your purposes and bring glory to your great name. In Jesus' name, we ask it and everybody shouted and said, Amen. Words are very powerful. They have a profound influence on your life. A single word can impact you for as long as you live. Did you know that? Years ago, many years ago, I heard a very well-known preacher tell the story of how he had been raised as a little boy in the country. And one day his mother sent him down the dusty road to the country store. And that country store was where all of the men of the community gathered when they weren't doing something or working on their forms. And they would just kind of spend time talking to each other and visiting with one another and telling stories. And so the little boy walked in on an errand from his mom and he saw the men standing there respectfully. He didn't walk right up to them. He stood a little bit back from them and just stood waiting for the opportunity to be noticed by the store owner. And the store owner did notice him, but he was annoyed with him. Like the little boys interrupted my conversation and he turned to that little boy and the preacher told the story that the owner angrily asked him the question, son, what in hell do you want? Just like that. What in hell do you want? And the preacher 
that was preaching the message that night that had experienced that when he was young said he never forgot that question. It impacted him in a way that directed his life in a certain direction. He grew up and that night he was preaching a sermon that he titled, What in Hell Do You Want? And he said, there's not one thing in hell that I want. (laughs) Not one thing. A single word can impact your life that way. It can bring faith, encouragement, hope. It can bring cheer to someone who is despondent, someone who's going through a rough patch in life, and we all have some of those. It can bless somebody that's going through some dark times. And this is what Job chapter 6 verse 25 says about that. How forceful are right words. Right words can be very impactful. But by the same token, just as words can get you on the right track and lift you up and encourage you, the wrong words can be very damaging, very scarring. Words that are spoken in anger can literally destroy a relationship. A parent can damage a child for a lifetime with harsh words, critical words, and cause emotional trauma that a a person may not outgrow, though they have left childhood far behind them. It's one of the things that makes alcohol so very destructive, is people will say things under its influence that they will not say at another time. Things they didn't even think about before. Somebody said the the drunk tongue speaks the sober mind. Not always. Sometimes the drunk tongue speaks things the sober mind didn't even think about. A marriage can be destroyed with the wrong words. So can a friendship. It can terminate a business relationship. Parent-child relationships can be hurt, damaged. Other relationships can be forever forfeited. And Jesus warned That if you are by nature an angry person and you have unresolved issues, that you need to control your emotions because if you don't, you will end up saying something that will put you in danger of facing God in judgment. Unrestrained anger, Jesus said, can cause damage. It can cause you to speak to somebody in such a derogatory way that you end up wounding those you love the most and push them away from you. It can lead to domestic situations that, that the authorities have to be called in to address. And we have a number of, of law enforcement personnel in the church and they will tell you they dread when that happens. But worse, Jesus said, if your anger is not restrained, you might call somebody a fool. And if you do, Jesus said, you're in danger facing God at judgment for that statement. And there is a reason for it. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Nobody in this building just wandered into this place or happened upon life. You are here because God created you. You have a purpose in being in this world. You have a reason for being alive. God sent you to this world on an assignment. You say, I don't know if I believe that. Rather, you should say, I haven't figured out what my assignment is. But I can assure you that you're here because God 
put you here. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And you will make a few mistakes along the way. But God still has a plan for your life. Can I hear somebody in the building say amen? Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said, if you say a word that destroys a person's confidence in who God called them to be, you just created a ceiling that is going to hold them back for as long as they live. And he said, if you do that, you're going to have to answer to God because they're not here because they wanted to be here. They're here because their steps are ordered by the Lord. Words are very forceful. They're very powerful Even those you speak to yourself are very powerful. Indeed, especially those you speak to yourself. All living things owe their existence, according to science, to words. You might not know that, but bear with me for just a moment. Now, I'll explain it to you. In the scripture, and I use that word, what we call the word of God, We also find that the Bible calls it scripture. The word is actually used. The root word for scripture is the word script. It's actually a common word in our language. A script is something that is written and it directs what will follow afterward. We use words like manuscript, which is from the Latin words to me, written by hand. Uh, We use words like transcript and javascript and postscript and A prescription, the doctors in our congregation will tell you, is when you go to see a doctor and he diagnoses a condition, a physical condition, he will write something on a piece of paper, give it to you, or maybe call it into your pharmacy. And it is a remedy that he has provided in advance that you will take. It was pre-written and now you go get that medication and it will address your issue. In Hollywood, movies have scripts that actors follow. Their performance and their roles are based upon the script that is written. Well, have you ever noticed this about Jesus? Maybe you have. His life seemed to follow a script. It did. In Psalms 40, one of the Messianic Psalms in the Bible, verse 7, this is what the psalmist wrote. Then I said... Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. That was spoken concerning Christ who would not come for another almost thousand years. And yet everything that happened in Jesus's life was scripted. He was born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem. The family moved to Nazareth when he was a child to escape Herod, he began his ministry at the age of 30, and he ministered for three and one half years. What you might not know is during that time, Jewish people would go through the Torah in their synagogue readings and the Haftorahs, the Torah being the five written books of the Bible that were written, uh, five books of the Bible written by Moses, the Haftorahs of the writings of the prophets. And they would, on any given Sabbath, you could go to any synagogue and they would be reading the same Torahs and the same half Torahs. So when Jesus began his ministry, his ministry lasted the same length of time as it took to read through the word of God 
in the synagogues. Why? Because he was the living word of God. And while they were reading about it, he was out on the streets doing it. Can I hear somebody in the building say amen? When he began his ministry, he went into the synagogue and they handed him the scroll of Isaiah, which was the scroll to be read from that particular Sabbath. And he read from Luke chapter four. We read uh, from the book of Isaiah chapter 61, but we read it in Luke chapter four that he read the spirit of the sovereign God is upon me. Because he has anointed me. And then he closed the scroll, sat down and said today. This saying, this one right here, is being fulfilled in your hearing. You came to read it, I came to do it. Amen. I I wish I could get somebody to say amen. He did not just read a random verse of scripture. His life was scripted. That is why when the enemy tested Jesus after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, does anybody in the building remember Jesus's response to the enemy? Every time the enemy would test him, turn these stones into bread, Cast yourself down from the temple. Worship me. What did Jesus say? It is written. He answered everything with the words, it is written. Even more, the word that is translated written in our Bible is from the word engraved, meaning that like the Ten Commandments, it was already written in stone. So Jesus is saying, you can say what you want, devil, but I'm going to follow the script my father has written. I don't have anything to do with a script that you've written for my life. Oh, I wish somebody would say amen. I've got a word for somebody. Look at someone near you and say, hold on to your seat. Would you do that? Hold on to your seat because some of you have entered into a new year and I've got a feeling you don't know what's coming down the pike. You don't know whether things are going to be okay. I've got a word for you. It is already scripted that God is going to bless you. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Oh, I feel the Lord in this house already. Amen. Jesus' word had been scripted. His life had been scripted. His message had been scripted. His resurrection was scripted as was his death, burial, and burial in a borrowed tomb. His life followed a script. When he met and encountered two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they were all disturbed and and distraught and Jesus asked guys what's going on you you're obviously upset they said are you a stranger that you don't even know what's happened over the last few days here in in the city of Jerusalem that Jesus was crucified and and was buried and now some of the disciples are saying that he he has risen from the dead and Jesus began at the law and the prophets and he said this oh fools and the word fools there means slow to learn amen he said you are having a hard time learning the scripture and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken And beginning at Moses and the prophets, this is what the Bible says. He expounded to them in the scriptures all things concerning himself. Somebody needs to say it's already written. Would you do that? 
already written, already written. It was written for Christ. I one time studied with a rabbi that said it is kind of privately known among Jewish scholars of the era that when Jesus was doing it on the street and they were reading about it in the synagogue, that that is more close to reality than anyone wants to admit. They said, for example, when they were reading about the cleansing of the leper, that Jesus that week had sent 10 lepers to see the priest for their personal cleansing and for the verification that they were healed. I don't know if that's really true or not, but it blows my mind to consider that he came to be not just words on a page, but he came to be the living word of God incarnate. He lived by the script that God had written for his life. You know why that blesses me so much? Because guess what? God's got a script for your life too. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I'm talking to somebody. You're in the middle of something. You don't know how it's going to turn out. God wanted you to know it's scripted. The steps of a good man or ordered by God. He is going to see you through it. Amen. We don't just read the Bible because we don't have anything else to do. It infuses those who read it with life and hope. It points us back toward God rather than at the negativity of our circumstance. In our text, the psalmist says in 119 verse 25 that his own experience in life had knocked him flat. I'm clinging to dust. I'm lying flat on my back. I need you to do something. I need you to revive me. Who am I talking to? Going into the year 2023, you need God to revive you. You need God to make you alive again. You need God to breathe life into your spirit. You lost your passion along the way. You lost your excitement along the way. You lost your joy along the way. You lost your commitment along the way. The word that I've come to bring you today is that God is going to lift you up. God is going to revive you according to his word, not according to the enemy script, but according to what God has to say. Oh, bless his name. Bless his name. Now, let me tell you why that means something. Amen. Let me tell you why that is important. Some of you, the enemy has scripted your life to turn out differently than God has scripted it to turn out. For some of you, the enemy is saying cancer is in your future. It runs in your family. Amen. I need somebody to say it's going to run from my family from now. Amen. Some of you are listening to all the concerns about the economy and you're wondering, am I going to make it through? Will I survive intact? I've got an answer for you. Yes, you're going to make it through this and you're going to come out on the other side more blessed than you are right now. The reason is it's in the script. It's in the script. God's got a word for somebody in this house. God is holding on to you. He has a script that he's going to make clear for your life in 2023. He has a script for Inspire Church. Many times we don't realize that our lives are following a particular script. 
And then we mess up and we think it's all over. Listen, not only does God have a word for people, but he has a word for you as an individual. I want you to listen. When you plant a seed, that seed is going to produce without fail every single time what is encoded into its DNA. It will not veer from the script that was written into it. That script is, that it is programmed to follow is called what we call DNA or deoxyribonucleic acid. Amen. And it is comprised of proteins and chemicals. And your DNA is actually a specific arrangement of the letters of the chemicals and the proteins that comprise your DNA and they make you unique. What's astonishing about that is one year ago this month, science just finished mapping the human genome completely. Oh, I know. About 2004 and 2006 or somewhere through there, they said they had mapped the human genome. They they hadn't finished. There were huge gaping empty places in the mapping and they just literally finished it last January, 12 months ago. And this is what is astonishing about that. Every human being they claim has 37.2 trillion with a T cells in their body. Each one of the cells in your body contains your unique DNA. Amen. It is what causes you to be who you are. The DNA that is programmed into your cells, this combination of letters, if they were strung end to end, I'm going to blow your mind now. If they were put end to end, like we would say A, B, C, D, whatever that combination is, if they would stretch them out in a straight line, in every one of those 37.2 trillion cells that you have in your body, there is six feet of DNA. That's how long it would be if you stretched it out in a microscopic, microscopic chain. And that means that if you stretched out all the letters in your DNA in all 37.2 trillion cells, because that's just in one, six feet in just one, that the script written in your life would be 67 billion miles long. That's over 150 round trips to the moon. I don't think you got that in you. There is already coded a script that would go to the moon and back 150,000 times. In the end, these letters would stretch around the center of the earth an astonishing 2,690,655 times. That's a lot of frequent flyer miles. Amen. And that's how long the script is that is programmed into your life. So I've got a word for somebody in this house. The enemy might have lied to you and told you your life is just about over. He's a liar. It takes a long time to live that kind of a script. Somebody, the devil's telling you, I'm taking you out this year. I need somebody to say, I refuse that because I've got a script and it's written over my life. And God's not done with me yet. Amen. Amen. But the enemy does have a script, have a script for your life too. There's the enemy, there's the enemy's version of the script. 
that is written for your life. And I can tell you right now what his script looks like. Where God said blessing and peace and prosperity and health and favor and anointing and opportunity. The enemy says debt, sickness, disease, pain, hurt, harm, attack. Here's what I came to tell you this morning. God wanted you to know that which one of those scripts comes to pass in your life is determined by which one you choose to believe. Hallelujah. You get to determine which one of those scripts you will live your life in accordance with. Amen. For somebody in this building, the enemy is saying to you, this year, you're done. You're finished. What I've written in your script is mental illness, depression, addiction, alcoholism, drug abuse, a marital breakup. Your kids are not going to speak with you anymore. You don't have to receive that. You've got a word from God and you can say, according to what God said, I'm blessed. I'm blessed when I come in and I'm blessed when I go out and I'm blessed when I sit down and I'm blessed when I'm standing up. I am the head and not the tail. I am blessed. Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. If you're visiting, I usually try to behave, but I can't help myself this morning. Somebody said it's kind of like that guy was told by the law enforcement officers he had the right to remain silent. And he said, I got the right. I just don't have the ability. Amen. (laughs) Right now, I'm trying to behave myself. But I'm kind of losing control of it because I am blessed to know that my steps are ordered in 2023 by God Almighty. And not one word the enemy speaks can cancel God's assignment. And if I believe what God has said, the assignment of the enemy is going to be canceled instead. Hallelujah. Come on and somebody give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Sure, the enemy has a script for your life, but whose report will you believe? Wicked Haman had written a script for the Jewish people and he convinced King Ahasuerus to decree it and to sign it into law. But that's whenever (laughs) Esther... And the people of God began to go to fasting and praying. Because when you fast and pray, it moves heaven. You can't move this, but God can be moved by your fasting and prayer. And he can move this. You might not be able to change one thing in your life. But I know a God that if you touch the hand that controls the world, God can fix it for you. God can change it with one word. God can heal somebody in this building today. God can speak. That's enough to an attack of the enemy. And it has to stop in its tracks. Esther and the Jewish people went to fasting and praying. And you know what God did? He flipped the script. He canceled the script 
written by the devil. I just feel it. I got on this in the first service this morning. I couldn't get away from it and I feel it. Got a, it's got a hold of me again. There's somebody in this building. You think you're beyond help. You're beyond hope. You're beyond redemption. You're beyond God's grace. You're beyond God's favor. The devil's lying to you. God is going to cancel that assignment of the enemy. Hallelujah. 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 No weapon formed against you can prosper. The devil may form it, but God can turn it around. God can use it to be the means of your promotion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 119 and 25, the psalmist said, my soul clings to the dust. I've got dust between my my fingers and under my fingernails I'm lying here, I'm in the dust, but God, I've got a prayer request. Lord, I'm turning my attention to you. I'm going to ask you to revive me, but don't revive me the way that I want to be revived. I want you to revive me according to your word. Don't revive me just to make the same mistake all over again, to go through this again. Oh, what do I feel getting back to it? I keep zeroing in on cancer. God wants to deliver and heal somebody and you never deal with that again as long as you live. Who am I talking to in this house right now? Revive me according to thy word. Bring my anointing back. Bring my power back. Bring my life back. I'm going through something with my kids right now. They act like they fell out of a tree and landed on their head and hadn't been thinking right ever since. And God, I'm asking you, revive us according to your word. What you spoke over my family. Not what the devil spoke over my kids. He's trying to say they're going to end up lost without God. Strung out on drugs. Devil, you're a liar. You can't have my children. God's going to revive us according to his word. God has a word for us. I'm done. I'm done. Oh. Hallelujah. Oh, let's take a praise break for just a moment. Somebody that God's talking to, let's give God some worship in the house. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet across the building if you would. Revive me according to your word. I'll tell you what happens whenever you pray that kind of prayer. God will take everything the enemy put together to destroy you. And that will be the platform from which you are launched to your next level of destiny. It will be the means whereby you become elevated. You know what the Bible says? Romans 8, 28. We know. I need somebody to say we know. We don't guess. We don't don't believe. We know there's a difference. I I need somebody to say it again. I know. I may not know if the sun's coming up tomorrow, but I know this much. I know that all things, not some things, not most things, not 99% of things, 
all. I need somebody to say it again, all. Look at your neighbor and say all means all. All, all things work together for good to them who love God. Did you see that? You could skip right over it. Work together, together, together. Viewed in isolation, what you're looking at right now in your life, what you're going through, the diagnosis you received, the pain you're experiencing, viewed alone and in isolation, it looks scary. But together, God's going to work it for your good. Because you love God. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Do you hear me, devil? My steps are ordered by God. It's in the script. It's in the script. I'm getting up again. I'm rising to my feet again. I'm taking off one more time. Hallelujah. The script for mental illness is going to be canceled for somebody here today. The script for depression is about to be canceled for somebody in this house. You're not going to live the rest of your life depressed and wondering if there's anything coming good down into your life tomorrow or next week or next month. You're not going to feel like your life is over. God's canceling the script of depression. Somebody struggling with an addiction. God's canceling the script for that addiction right now. Canceling it. Canceling it. Done. Finished. Over. Over. Revive me according to your word. I am who you say I am, not what I'm going through. I am who you have declared that I am. God, let my life line up with the script you've written for me. Not the one I would write for myself. Not the one the enemy writes for me. Not the one my neighbor's trying to write for me. My ex. The script you have written for me. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Before God can bring to fruition the script that he's written for your life, you need to surrender your life to God. And if you haven't done that, or if you're here today and you're entering 2023 and your passion has grown cold and your commitment has wavered and you've not been walking with God the way you wanted to, the way you know you should, you've drifted away somehow, but today God's dealing with your heart. Would you throw your hand up in the air and say, pray for me, pastor. God's talking to me. I want to commit my life to him right now. Come on, hands going up all over the building, all over the building. Father, I thank you for every one of these precious dear people who are surrendering their life to you right now or renewing and rededicating their life to Christ. I thank you for them, Lord. Be real in their lives. Be God. Be powerful. Be amazing. Be wonderful to them. And God, forgive us of every sin. We believe in the efficaciousness of the blood of Jesus and the power of your great name. Revive us according to your words, your words, your words.
And I thank you today because you're hearing our prayer and I know that you're receiving and welcoming everyone who has just prayed that prayer into the body of believers right now. And we give you praise for it. And come on, congregation, can you raise a shout in this building and let's welcome them. Come on, let's have a party. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. If you just prayed that prayer, you will see on the screen behind me, there's a a number, there's a QR code. You can either text or go to the QR code and let us know any number of things, your prayer requests, that you just prayed and gave your heart to God, that you need to be baptized. And then um, we welcome you and your first steps as a part of the family of God. We would urge you to go on and become a disciple of Christ, which means don't just give your heart to the Lord today, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and be baptized in water in the wonderful name of our Lord. And also become a student of the word of God. Every day I write a devotional and we send it out to everyone who is subscribed to it. It won't cost you a thing for you to, to, to let us know, but send a text and just simply text the word join to that number. And you can be one of thousands of, of people who every morning we begin our devotional life the very same way at the same place together. And now I want our prayer counselors to please come if they would. And I'm about to end the service, but right across the hall where I'm pointing, right over there, across the hall on the other side is our chapel. And in a few minutes, I'm going to be there. I would love to meet you, love to get a chance to greet you. If you're visiting, if you're a first-time attendee, or you've been coming for a while, and uh, I've not had a chance to meet you, and some of the staff have not yet had that opportunity. I I would ask if you'd just take a couple of minutes and go right over there. I'll look forward to seeing you at the end of the service and I'll be there very, very shortly. But this is what I want to do. I want every person that God is speaking to right now to restore hope. God is speaking to you to cancel the script the enemy has written for your life that has you worried and stressed out. The script he's written for your marriage, your kids, your finances, your health. If you need God, come right now because I want to pray for you. Come, we have prayer counselors. We're going to join you here. Come on. We're going to pray together. And God's going to do something for you. We'll give everyone just a moment to make their way to the front who would like to receive prayer. While you're coming down the aisle, I want you to come down the aisle saying it's changing while I'm walking toward the altar. Say it, it's changing as I'm walking toward the altar. It's changing. It's changing. God's already moving. God's already moving. The script, the script of the enemy is being canceled right now. Come on, congregation, give God some praise. The script of the enemy is being destroyed in people's lives right now. Hallelujah. I'm so glad you've come to pray with me. So glad that you're here. God's going to move. And in these 30 days of prayer and fasting, something is going to change. I need somebody to put a heart, a hand rather, on their heart and say something is about to change. Would you do that? 
Something's about to change. In my life, something is changing. Something is changing. Something is changing. Oh, God. Oh, God. I feel his presence so strong. I feel like there's deliverance going on right now. Chains are being broken right now. Chains are being broken. I'm not going to ask you who it is, but somebody in this room, God is setting you free from an addiction while you're standing in his presence. While you're standing in the presence of God, God is breaking an addiction for somebody. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we declare today that what you have spoken over our lives is the script that our lives are going to follow. Now, beloved, I don't know what it is you're facing, and so I want you to supply the word that's missing. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, this is being canceled. I want you to put the word for what you're facing where I use the word this. Okay? Are you ready? This is being canceled. Come on, say it. Whatever it is, you don't have to say the word out loud. You might not want anybody to know, but it's being canceled right now. The assignment is being broken right now. I want you to say it. It's being broken. It's being broken. In Jesus' name. And in its place. I am declaring that your script for my life. Is going to come to pass. It is written. Come on, say it. It is written. It, say it again, it is written. What's written? I need somebody to say, it is written that I'm blessed. Come on, say it. It is written that I'm blessed. Come on, shout it out loud. The devil don't want you to know it. It is written that I'm blessed. It is written that I'm healthy. It is written that by his stripes I am healed. It is written. You've tried to steal my joy, devil. But it is written. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You've tried to steal my family, but it is written that my house is blessed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel God doing so many things in this altar right now. Hallelujah. Why don't you just stop and praise God for a moment and begin to thank Him. I thank you that I'm being set free. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. 
I thank you that chains are being broken. I thank you that chains are being broken. I keep coming to back to that. Chains are being broken for somebody. Chains are being broken for somebody. Chains are being broken for somebody. The devil thought he had a chain big enough and strong enough to keep you in bondage. Chains are being broken for somebody in this house. Chains are being broken. Hallelujah. That's it. Go ahead and press your way through. Somebody needs just a little bit longer and I'm in no hurry. If you got to leave, I understand. I do. But somebody, this is a dire moment of emergency for them. I mean, red lights are flashing and sirens are going off and they're getting help right now and we can't leave them. No, no, no. God is breaking through in somebody's life. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Somebody just say that. I praise you, Lord. I thank you that my answer is here. I thank you that a miracle's happening in my life. I thank you that a miracle's happening in my family. Hallelujah. 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 I just don't think God's through yet. I just don't think he's through yet. Robert, stay with me a little bit longer. I don't think he's through yet. Somebody somebody needs to push a little bit deeper. I'm not holding you unnecessarily long. You can leave at any time you get ready to. But I've got a feeling this is a life or death situation and occasion for somebody. Can somebody lift their hands with me? And one more time with everything in our being, let's give God some praise. Let's give God some worship. Let's exercise our faith. Let's touch the throne of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.